Hey guys, I hope you're doing well. I don't know if anybody has really been paying attention to college basketball because it is not technically college basketball season, but there's some really big stuff going on if you have not been paying attention. The FBI has been getting involved with investigations into possible corruption. This is quite possibly one of the biggest situations or one of the biggest scandals that we've seen and could lead to a whole lot more stuff in the future. So without further ado, let's roll and get it started. Okay, and welcome back, guys. You are listening to the Mind of Mike J podcast. Again, we are talking FBI, NCAA, and college basketball corruption. And before we get started, some congratulations are in order. I got my man Ben Johnston here again. You are officially the third, first person to be a three-time guest on the pod. So congratulations, sir. Always a pleasure having you. Well, first, I would like to take this opportunity to thank my mom and my dad for... uh blessing me with life so i could be the first person with uh with three appearances on the mind of mike j and of course i got a shout out uh the mind of mike j himself because uh none of this would be possible without you so i appreciate it man i'm excited to be back i appreciate that but now that we're done feathering each other's nuts let's get into this real quick the uh um okay so just for so the people understand exactly what's going on um uh, what exactly what exactly have we seen transpire, as as you understand it, with uh, college basketball and the FBI? So, from my understanding, well, first of all, newsflash, beep, 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 uh, college basketball recruiting and college recruiting is dirty. Shocker there. So, from my, my understanding is that the FBI has been undercover within the AAU circuit for a number of years following the you know top five or ten recruits right. and investigating the I'll say the uh, transfer of money mm-hmm. from not schools but from sponsor organizations to the families of these players okay. so from my understanding no money is going to these players but it is being funneled to the family, to the AAU coach, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Those, those in their inner circle. Right. Now, um, Louisville was the main perpetrator of this. They're the ones you'll see probably in the news most frequently, probably because they have the most high-profile coach involved, and he just got canned, essentially. But um, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. U.S. Southern California's um, Southern California has been implicated – um, there's a couple others. I'm just not sure who they are. Uh, Auburn was uh, implicated. Oklahoma State was implicated. And uh, Miami. Those were all through assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to believe that any head coaches involved with those assistants didn't know what was going on. It's kind of hard. I mean, if you're an assistant coach, I would like to think you're working directly with the head coach. So he would have to know... To some extent, although I think a lot of these these quote unquote assistants that we're seeing, they're not. Um, what's the word? I think a lot of these quote unquote assistant coaches are not actually legitimate coaches. 
If um, I think this has been going on for a long time. Let me turn these damn notifications off. People keep blowing my stuff up. Um, <laughs> no, these guys are these guys are on staff. These guys are actual assistant coaches. I mean, the the new head coach at uh, at North Carolina State was uh, was an assistant at Louisville when all this stuff was going on. Well, maybe I'm not using the right words. What I mean by not legitimate is a lot of these assistants are. They're not there necessarily because they know basketball so much as they are there for recruitment. And there's nothing essentially wrong with that, but... They're there to deliver recruits. Exactly. They're just there to to basically... Their job is, is more based around, can you help us land these one or two kids in the immediate future that are coming up in the next couple high school classes? I won't argue. I won't argue that. That's, and, you know, I mean... <clears throat> These these coaches, you know, Rick Pitino specifically wants to claim that he didn't he didn't know what was going on. But I mean, the FBI doesn't come calling unless they have you dead to rights. I mean, people in authority they like to ask questions they already know the answer to, and the FBI is no exception to that. And for this to be the third strike for him at Louisville, mm-hmm. I, I I don't think this was. It's out of the realm of possibility that he absolutely knew what was going on, and he conspired to do it himself. I mean, they do have the transcript of the phone call, you know, saying, you know, this is I want this kid, and you know, call mm-hmm. this individual who was a higher up at Adidas. I mean, they handed they handed one guy Brian Bowen. What was it? A hundred grand? Oh yeah. I mean, the kid. And from my understanding, he was one of the cheaper ones that have been bought in the last few years. Which is insane. Which just lets you know how much money is going around um, with these shoe companies and these colleges now. Um, and Nike itself has gotten him because I mean, that, Louisville was in Adidas school, and all the ones you named previously were Adidas schools. But Nike has gotten involved as well. So I mean, how? I mean, who knows how deep this is really? This really goes. I think that's what we're still trying to figure out. I mean, Nike, Adidas, um, Under Armour, those are your big three. If, you know, like they say in other sports, you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's well, true. you know, these guys, these these shoe companies are starting AAU teams for specific players, Nike included. So they're not going to sit there and tell me that they're not doing the same thing that Adidas is doing. Oh, no, this has been going on since... Um... This has been going on since the 90s when uh, you had Nike and Adidas uh, with the bid wars when um, Nike hired uh, George Raveling to compete with Sonny Vaccaro and Adidas. Um, There's really, and transitioning into my next point, which is how we even got to this point. Um, Now, corruption goes back in the NCAA as far back as, I mean, even even in the... That's probably 50... 50 years. Oh, yeah. I mean, this has been going on for decades at, at a certain level. But in my opinion, there's there's three really big landmark events that you can't really tell this story without. Number one is um, early 1950s uh, with the um, introduction when Walter Byers was first hired as the NCAAs, as the head of the NCAA. Uh, because, but prior to that, the NCAA wasn't really the overpowering um, enforcement government style 
uh, organization that it is now. Back then, they were just like you know, uh, they were just there to have discussions and and you know propose rules. They weren't in, they didn't even have a headquarters. And it wasn't until Walter Byers was hired that she really that the NCAA became this this overwhelming bastion of control. And I mean, and back then it was needed. There, I mean, because there was a lot of stuff going on that you know it just seemed like we needed somebody to kind of govern all this stuff but that was important then you had the reason why it's important also is because that's when the student athlete premise was started to become enforced and that and that's when that started well and that was yeah that was in the middle of the civil rights movement so you wanted to have the you know the equality on that that front as well and it really that's really when college athletics really started to take off now it wasn't the billion dollar industry it is now but that's when it started to get national attention right second landmark event <clears throat> was um was when Sonny Vaccaro got on with Nike and you know really started to really started to that's when you saw the shoe companies in injecting themselves into college athletics coming to schools offering to pay the coaches and give them free shoes which was not only and then starting the grassroots basketball with the all-star games and and that really and it started what you saw was a competitive advantage a clear-cut competitive advantage for schools that nike was affiliated with and that's when it became an arms race where like if you weren't a Nike school you needed a way to compete so that's what I think that's what inter- and people saw how much money the coaches were getting paid and now everybody starts wanting a piece of that pie the exactly and you gotta think the best players if they play on their you know even to this day you know you watch recruiting okay this guy this kid plays you know on the EYBL circuit so the Nike circuit he's more than likely probably going to go to a Nike school. Adidas will stay with Adidas, et cetera, et cetera. Right. That's who they, that's who they roll with. Those are the coaches that get the most exposure to them. Um, you know, whether, whether people are, why, whether guys are being told they have to go to a Nike or Adidas school, I'm sure in some cases they are. I'm sure in others they aren't. Everybody's going to say that, you know, they don't have that kind of influence over kids, but we all know too, for the most part, that's not true. Um, exactly. And then the third landscape event, Michael Jordan in the Air Jordan shoes. Nike lands Michael Jordan, who pretty much carries your brand and into today. That they signed Michael Jordan in the eighties. He's it's and at this point in 2017, billions of dollars have been made off of his products and his likeness. So if worldwide you, and will continue to be made off of him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Long, long after his playing days, which the reason why that's important is because you can see why, why people are willing to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to land one recruit, because it really all comes down to finding the next Michael Jordan. All this stuff that we see on the AAU circuits with colleges, everything, it's all built and the shoe companies, it's all built around finding the next MJ, because if you do one in a billion chance but if you do land him that's you're set for you can be set for the next half a century 
Exactly. That's your that's your Michael Jordan. They're finding these kids on these AAU circuits, and they're they're putting a down payment and betting on that kid that he is going to be the next LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Steph Curry, what have you. Oh yeah, I mean because because at the at the end of the day, that's what it's that's what it's all about, and I don't necessarily blame them for doing it, but it's become there's so many layers to it, and it's become so. Um, it's it's become so deep. Uh, I mean, it's literally everybody. You got everyone from the coaches, the assistant coaches, parents are involved in this stuff. You got agents. You got um, you got guys like that aren't even affiliated with the school or the kids. Like uh, what happened with the Fab Five, uh, mm-hmm. the guy that was handing them money, or Miami a few years ago, the guy that was handing all that money to the football theme. Through, that was Shapiro. yeah. It was through a Ponzi scheme he was running, so the money wasn't even legit that he was handing the school, and the uh, administration was taking money from him. So it's it's just it runs so deep. I I don't know, I don't know how you fix it. I don't think it is fixable at this point. Well, a lot of people want to say the one and the one and done rule is the problem. That's not the problem because these kids are getting paid before they go to school. So really. I think the the situation is probably twofold. Mm-hmm. Um, first, get rid well, not get rid of one and done, but like a lot of people have been saying for many years, institute the baseball rule in basketball. Go mm-hmm. out of high school or stay three years. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, pay the players. Pay market value for the players. Now, that's an incredibly simplistic answer to a really complicated question, but... I mean, these guys, because you're going to have to break down, okay, well, what's your five-star, you know, what's Joel Berry worth versus, you know, Grayson Allen? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what's Dennis Smith Jr. worth versus Luke May? You know, and Mm -hmm. are they going to be okay with that? And, okay, well, is that if you pay them, are they signing, you know, a three-year contract? Or can they, because you can't have free agency. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that would just destroy everything. Oh, it absolutely it would. Absolutely it would. It's it's tough because I think if you're gonna pay the players, it has to be, it has to be, you you have to for the most part pay them all equally, whether a guy's on the bench or whether the guy's uh, leading you to a national championship or he's all conference. I think you have to pay them all the same. I think that's the only way. Um, now, individually, sport to sport, it could be different. You could have the football players at a school like Notre Dame making more money than the track team or, you know, wh- whoever, wherever. I think that's fair. But for the most part, everybody on an individual team would have to be paid the same. Maybe you could throw in some incentives for being all all conference or whatever. But I think you would have to – the only incentives that you could really <laughs> implicate to make it a – a true student athlete would be academic incentives, mm-hmm. which I don't think anybody would complain about. But the issue is going to be what does a Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, what do they pay? What's their quote unquote operating budget or talent budget versus Davidson or Charlotte or, you know, mm-hmm. UT Chattanooga or somebody like that? Yeah, the, uh, I mean, I, a few while I did an episode on this a, f- a while ago where I talked about 
my I, and my proposal. I'm sure there's some holes to it. My proposal was to was to pay kids the difference between your cost of attendance and the and what the scholarship actually covers. Because every school by default already run has their financial aid offices making it public record exactly what it costs to attend your university. And what you'll see right. is the a, a full uh, athletic scholarship doesn't cover all those costs because in everyone's budget for an everyday student, there's always a section called miscellaneous expenses. And those can total thousands of dollars at a high major Division One school. So... I so what I was basically saying was cut them a stipend or cut them a check for that to make up that difference. That way, it's to me. I feel like that's I feel like it's fair. I feel like it provides some kind of some kind of structure. Um, it's not just a random number that you're throwing out there to um, to give people. And I mean, I'm sure there'd be some flaws with that as well. Um, and, that, and, that, and that's why I say, not mean to cut you off, but that's why I say mm-hmm. like. It's a really simplistic answer to an incredibly complicated question. Like, there's no way that, you know, it's going to take people that are a lot smarter than us and have a whole lot more time than we do to figure this problem out. Absolutely. And I mean, and the reason why is because, in in my honest opinion, it's, I feel like athletes should have always been able to get paid. I always thought that the, the whole student-athlete thing was a farce because these kids aren't being recruited as students, you're telling them that they're that they're students when you're when you know when you're bringing them in and to make it look good to the general public. But in all in all actuality, you know everything about what your career as a high major college athlete is athletics first. Well, you got to think athletes are the only um, the only division of individual. Uh, in college, they cannot make money while they're in school. Right, that's true. They're the only one that cannot do it. And, I mean, is the point not to, you know, if Joe Business Major comes up with this, you know, great business model and he can start a business mm-hmm. while he's still in school. But these guys, because they're good at their sport, whether it be basketball, football, track, soccer, whatever lacrosse whatever because they're good at it and people pay to come watch them play their specific sport they're not allowed to have that same business idea and make money off of it because they have the stigma or they have the title of being a student athlete right it's stupid yeah it's because of it's because of the nature of what your skill set is we tell people that they can't make money which is pretty much the most un-american thing i've ever heard but exactly. um so i mean moving forward is it do you think it's something that could possibly be even if you know you know it, do you think it, even if it's not tomorrow or or next year do you think do you see it getting worse or do you see it getting better or are you talking about the the world of recruiting or paying players or um just just the state of college athletics in general because it's i think at this point what this it's kind of hard to say exactly how corrupt it is but i think what nobody can dispute is that it is it is a very corrupt industry and it does need reform oh of course so i think there's a couple ways one the ncaa is going to have to well 
even kind of bring it a little closer than that. A lot's going to depend on what the NCAA does because they can sit here and wait for all the legal proceedings to go to to go forth and you know see what the next round of you know arrests and subpoenas and whatnot like you said they're looking into nike now and you know there's rumblings about things happening with expected schools and some that aren't so expected yet jaw-dropping as we discussed a few days ago Mm -hmm. um but what does the ncaa do i mean you got coaches that are cheating you got athletes that are being paid as recruits are they eligible Mm-hmm. Because who knows? Some of these guys that have been in, implicated in the first round haven't been ruled ineligible. What are they going to do about the recruits that are not yet committed and coming in in the next class? Oh yeah, can no. they even go to school? Who knows? Hey, On top of that, what is the NCAA going to say? Going to answer the question? Well, what did you know? Because mm-hmm. nobody's going to sit here and tell anybody with, that's paid it half a bit of attention to this that the NCAA didn't know what was going on. Coaches knew, which means the NCAA knew. It's not it's nobody can keep a secret this big. And as all the reporters, all the media, they all say they knew it's been going on forever, but nobody could prove it, so they couldn't say anything. Now people are being arrested. The FBI has subpoena power. If you lie to the FBI, bad things happen, I'm told. So things are going to come out. Abs- so what happens to the NCAA in general? Yeah, Is that's... it demolished? Do we have to find some new governing body? Does this springboard into college football? Which, you know, everybody knows college football recruiting is dirty as well. Whether it be boosters or whatever, I can't imagine coaches doing it in football because... They're smarter than that, but who knows? Um, we'll see if that happens. Yeah. But I, I think it's going to be – there's going to have to be a major overhaul within the NCA and really just the the bottom line of the NCA is going to have to change because when there's, there's greed and money, <laughs> these kids think they're the best in the world. They're going to be the next LeBron James and Steph Curry, next MJ. They want to get paid. Absolutely, and the the thing I keep going, the thing I can't seem to get past, and and what I keep going back to is there's nothing fundamentally wrong with paying with with paying a kid with with paying a kid to come play to come play basketball or to come play football. I don't think if you have especially not especially not when it's clearly something that's valuable obviously you see the schools and everyone else involved able to make more and more money every year there's nothing inherently wrong with it like perfect example i could give if if western carolina won the national championship in football tomorrow or well it wouldn't happen tomorrow but i mean if if they were to win the national championship in football and like a year later somebody came back and said oh wait by the way we we were paying like five of those guys I'd be like me personally as a as a student and alumni, that doesn't bother me at all. It really wouldn't. I'd be like, whatever. We you know, we we were champs and we still got has nothing to do with what happened on the field, didn't give them a competitive advantage. Yeah. Well, you know, when somebody's gonna say you know, somebody asked me who won the Heisman Trophy in two thousand and five, I'm gonna say Reggie Bush. Because 
He won it. He was in New York. They handed him the trophy or whatever year that was. I think it was so five. But, you know, they gave his they gave his mom a house. Like, cool. That didn't make him break two more tackles. That didn't make him stiff arm some guy into the third row or get those six hundred yards against Fresno State or whatever it was. It didn't do anything. It just gave his mom a place to live. They took care of him. Exactly, and they and they do it for everyone else. Like I said, Nick Saban's house is paid for by the Alabama Booster Club. The um, even and I mean it's happens all who oh man who was it that said something about it and got it Josh Rosen at uh, UCLA. Um, he he got in trouble for coming out and saying something about how uh how messed up it was that you know basically he's not there to be a college athletes aren't there to be students or athletics and uh, academics don't mix or he, is, well, he said something was, like that. It was JT, JT Barrett. Uh, it might've been last year, or year before said he didn't come. He didn't go to Ohio state to play school. He went to Ohio state to play football. Oh yeah. And that's true. And, and you have to, and as an institution, you have to act like you disagree with that statement. But like I said, we all know, we all know what it, we all know what, what it is. And it's, it's we've we've got this culture of of you know of treating things like they are illegal when they're not. Like that's what got Jameis Winston in trouble at Florida State with the um, the guy. There was a guy in the seafood department that said, "Here's these crab legs on the house. Don't worry about it. Go Florida State." Something like something of that nature. Basically, this guy was he was given the crab legs willingly. Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, and and technically, it's an impermissible benefit because you know, Joe, business student, can't like from earlier, he can't walk in there, and that guy's not going to give him crab legs. But it's not illegal. Like the, you're, they're putting artificial handcuffs on these kids. And to think about it, these schools are already paying for these players anyway. Clemson, I mean, they just built their three billion dollar facility with nap rooms and putt putt and all that crap, and you know. Texas just put their $10 million locker room together. They're paying for these players, whether they're actually handing them the money or not. They're spending this money to get the big, shiny new thing because that's what's going to get the players. Of course, and you can't track. It's just whatever you, whatever, everyone is just figuring out their ways of, of doing it and finding loopholes in the system and doing what they got to do to to get these guys to get these guys through and you can't I mean I really don't you really can't stop it it's going to come in one way or another money is going whether we got to go whether it's got to go through 15 different middlemen before it gets back to the player it's got to happen it's going to happen one way or another you really can't keep track of every of every free drink or every um or every speeding ticket that wasn't given out, or whatever you want to call it. Cause, I mean, because I mean, really, it feels like anything can be written off as an impermissible benefit now. But exactly, and and you know, the the longer this goes, the more schools are going to come out, and the more intricate these quote unquote conspiracies are going to get. You know, there's rumors of you know a financial group that is funneling money to teams. I won't name names or anything like that because libel is a real thing but you know there's the way some of these schools do it is ingenious but 
you know, it, whether it's, you know, hiring a parent. I mean, who was it? Missouri hired, uh, was it Michael Porter Jr.'s dad to be an assistant? Right, because used to be, um, used to be what, what happened was uh, kids were, kids were getting recruits and then hiring the parents as a package deal. So it would basically the, the fathers were coming out and saying, my kid won't sign with you unless you give me a job. So exactly. And how is that not essentially paying the kid? It, it, it essentially for that player, you were is, giving that person a paycheck because he said he will come like my son or my daughter will come to school here. If you hire me, well, once you're hired, you get a paycheck. So I'm now paying, paying you for bringing me your child to play on my team. Right. And they, they have to give them some position to make it sound legitimate, but, but that's essentially what's going on. And the NCAA can't said, you can't do that. So with what happened and what you saw with Michael Porter jr is just, everyone started doing the opposite. Now the coaches are being, now the parents are being hired about a month before and we all know what's about to happen, but they have to put some time between the signing of the parent and then the, the national letter of intent from the kid, which is the ultimate prize, to make it look legitimate. But it's the same crap. They're just taking now. They're just going to take the parent first to say it was a legal transaction. We didn't know that so and so was going to sign with us when we did it. But I'd invite anyone to show me when a parent has been hired and their kid didn't follow up a couple months later. I'll give you a big name that hits close to home for some folks. Uh, Chris Duhon is, uh, there's a prominent businessman that, uh, hired his mother right before, um, he enrolled at Duke, gave her a job, moved her, uh, to the Durham area. And, uh, short while later he was a blue devil and now he can, you know, that, that individual could say, you know, Hey, you know, I, she interviewed. I was impressed with her work ethic, so you know, I gave her a job. She did well. Paid her paid her good money because she worked hard. But let's think about it. I mean the the businessman has connections to Duke. Hired Chris Duhon's mom. Chris Duhon's a blue devil. I mean, it makes sense. It's it's you can't really. And these are these are not dumb people that are surround that these kids are surrounded by. They're gonna figure out whatever the NCAA shuts down. They're gonna figure out a way around it, and then it'll go on for a few years before somebody f- figures out how they're doing it, and then we're back to square one. So I think I really think ultimately to pretty much to really pretty much at the end of the day, ultimately it comes down to two things. I think it, it's you're either going to keep trying to basically play, play – you're either going to play whack-a-mole and, nope, we're going to shut that down, can't do that. Something else is going to pop up over here, we're going to shut it down, or you're going to have to – you're going to have to play a whole new game and just completely tear it down, reform it, and really get back to the base. And I think that base is – these kids got to just be, be allowed to be paid straight up. I, I think there, there's too much money in it now to have this stuff not happen. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Because I mean, there, I mean, like you said, when when you squeeze the balloon or the bubble, you know, some, another bubble pops up somewhere, whether it's between your fingers or you know on the other side, whatever. Something always, you know, you squeeze one part, something else expands. You find another problem. 
hole in your grasp or whatever. So really the only answer is like a total reformation of how the NCAA works. But who's going to do that? I mean, <laughs> the, pe- the problem is the people that stand to lose so much or this, the people that stand to lose everything because mm-hmm. of this reformation are the people that are in charge because they're going to have to they're going to have to cut fat they're going to have to stop all the unnecessary spending and you know cut the useless jobs and that kind of stuff but those are all at the NCA what you know what why are they going to cut that when they just be cutting themselves oh yeah no they're they're never going to do it unless they're unless they're forced to it's never going to happen but ultimately if you really want to fix this problem you have to give the student athletes a seat at the table. Let's panel the discussion. Maybe not current athletes, but maybe some former players that are a little bit older and have been able to look at it from the outside in, give their experiences. And let's just get a panel discussion going on exactly how we can fix this. Because I'm sure I'm sure somebody like Jay Billis, who as even though he went to Duke, I always really value his opinions on this kind of stuff. He seems very unbiased. Somebody like Jay Billis, I think, would be perfect, a perfect guy to come in and be able to talk about what can we do to make this work. Because I don't think Jay is going to be the kind of guy that's going to come in and say, free market, If let's give everybody, let's give every college athlete $100,000. But I think he would, I think he does understand the struggles of being a college athlete. Well, that's that's kind of what he is saying, and he, I mean, he has said it. I mean, he'll tell you, he'll say in interviews, you know, he wants a free, he wants the player to get their free market value, whatever it may be. Um, he does think these guys need to be paid, which, I mean, I think he's probably in more of the majority right now. I think you know, his voice is the voice of college sports that everybody listens to. Nobody listens to Lee Corso anymore. Nobody listens to Dick Vitale anymore. You know, Jay Billis is that voice in college athletics that everybody listens to when it comes to, you know, just your run-of-the-mill game day analytics to, you know, serious issues such as this. Absolutely. I, I mean, think- Jay Billis shows up in every co- – any any documentary or anything involving college sports, you see Jay Billis. Yeah. And, I mean, I agree. I mean, I won't hold it against him that he went to Duke, but, I mean, he's a smart guy. He tells it like it is, and – you know, he's got the respect of any pretty much anybody other than maybe Gary Ayotte who, you know, follows college sports. Fair enough. But it's uh yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I I would like I would like to see I would like to see a a real talk about, you know, revolving around reformation. I mean ult- ultimately I think that's it, but we'll have to see. Well like I said, I think we'll like you were saying a few minutes ago, we have to figure out how deep this goes first before no, no we doubt. say anything else. No doubt. And I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see some, some coaches that are retiring soon. I think you're going to, you're going to hear some names that, you know, if you follow the recruiting scene, um, you're going to see some, some names that may surprise you. Obviously, there are going to be some names that don't surprise you, you know. Um, but these things are going to take some time. I mean, it took the FBI two years of being undercover to, you know, to uncover this. You know, they've got people. They're, 
you know, word is, you know, these guys are starting to talk because jail time is real. <laughs> You're not dealing right. with the NCAA anymore. This is the, this is the FBI. So I think these guys are going to start cutting deals. Um, and we'll, we'll see. I think, uh, it's, we're, we're in for some interesting times. Very much so. And then just, just in time, smack that in the middle of college football season and right before college basketball season kicks off. Exactly. Uh, basketball practice started yesterday and, uh, who knows who's going to have players and coaches by the time this thing is in is uh, is finished. Right, because that's a very real possibility. So it'll be it'll definitely be something we need to pay attention to in the meantime. Um, but other than that, man, that's pretty much all I had. Did you have anything else you wanted to throw out there? Uh, no, I think that covered it. I think that covered it. Uh, I'm getting excited for uh, college football. I hadn't gone as well as I'd hoped, but uh, still got some good teams out there and uh, ready for some basketball to join it. Getting into a great time of the year. Very much so. I'm, I'm pretty much pretty much done with UNC football at this point. But, hey, Western's not doing too bad. That's true. They're not. So, we'll see. But, um, Ben, always a pleasure, man. Definitely appreciate you having coming on again and being able to talk about this. Absolutely, man. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, we'll do it again soon. Yes, sir. Take it easy, man. I appreciate it, man. All right. All right, guys. Well... That is going to pretty much conclude this ep- this episode of the Mind of Mike J podcast. Again, if you have not been checking it out, definitely look into this stuff. If you go to ESPN's um, college male basketball page, it's just littered with all this stuff. Who's being probed, what's going on at Louisville in particular, and it's going to be something to pay attention to if you really care about the collegiate model. As I've alluded to in a few of my past episodes, this is a real thing, and I don't know how much longer. I feel like we are very, very close to the to a, a serious landscape, complete reform of college athletics. Again, there's just too much money in it now. I, I really don't know how how you fix it and that's coming from and that's coming from someone who loves co- I mean I love college sports I absolutely love college sports um, I you know being able to from whether it's you know my alma mater at Western Carolina or you know UNC who I adopted when I was 12 years old I mean college basketball is just a much a part of who I college sports is just as much a part of who I who I am and what I enjoy as anything else, but it as but all of that being said, it cannot continue the way that it's going. Like I said, the FBI is now involved. People are going to jail, like Ben said. By the time this is over, it's you have to look at it and say we really screwed this up. We really need to figure out what we're going to do about this. So we'll have to see, guys. Uh, I do not have, I do not believe that I have an L of the week this week, uh, so I apologize for that, but again, I appreciate all you guys listening and giving me your time to talk with me about this today. This has been the Mind of Mike J podcast, new episodes. I'm going to start saying every week at this point, because at this point, it's when I can get to the, as I'm, tr- I'm trying to bring more guests on and get more folks involved in some of these discussions 
And unfortunately, that's going to, you know, we got to make schedules meet and when we can talk to people and when we can't. So I'm going to, but I still want to be able to get my content out pretty regularly for you guys. So new episodes, whenever they happen. In the meantime, appreciate everybody listening. This has been the Mind of Mike J podcast, and I will see you next week. Signing off.